You're listening to episode 34 of the Money Owners Podcast with me, Morgan Rochard. Money Owners is a podcast for people who want to be mentally and financially crushing it. This podcast does not provide investment advice, and nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued to be investment advice. If you'd like more information on Money Owners Coaching, the podcast, the homework, and everything I have to offer, visit moneyowners.com. What is happening, my fellow money owners? I know the show is late. (laughs) I feel like I have to lead with that. And you know, the worst part about it is that I actually recorded um, episode 34 on time. um, And I've been using Zencaster because I've just been having um, better audio quality since using it instead of Audacity. Because I think Audacity, because it's um, open source software, I, I actually have to know how to use it. Whereas Zencaster, they just you just like record into it. The issue though, on for some reason, was that I recorded this 30-minute podcast and it only saved 22 minutes of it. And then I spent like literally two weeks just being like, okay, I have to do the last seven minutes again. I have to figure out where I stopped. I have to do the last seven minutes again. Uh, and then um I just really didn't want to do the last seven minutes. Um <laughs> So um, here we are recording episode 34 again, and actually it's not going to be what we did, what I did previously. So episode 35 will actually be what I um, only recorded 22 minutes of, um, even though I did record 30. Um, and that one is all about real estate um, and everything else. But given everything that's going on in the um, markets right now with um, coronavirus or COVID-19, as they're putting it, um, I wanted to do a show on dealing with that um, and what that should look like uh, if you are somebody who is thinking about planning your financial future. Um, and I actually wanted to start when I, when talking about this, about what's going on at like, you know, the Costco's and the, you know, all the supermarkets of the world and people are kind of going crazy and they're stocking up on food and everything else. Um, and on the one hand, it sounds kind of crazy, but on the other hand, it's kind of like my husband and I were talking about this this morning. It's kind of like a bank run. <laughs> So you're like, well, you know, I know I'm like probably not going to need this stuff, but you know, just in case it's kind of one of those things like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really need my money right now, but just in case this bank goes out of business, like I want to make sure that I have all my money under my mattress. I feel like that's a little bit of what's going on. It's like, I don't really need 65 million rolls of paper towels and toilet paper, but just in case like (laughs) China stops making it (laughs) or, you know, they can't get it to my store or we end up with coronavirus and we're stuck in our house for, you know, a whole month. Um, quarantine that I have my toilet paper and whatever. So, um, and we've actually, I mean, we're a little guilty of this too. Like we, we've been stocking, my husband doesn't want me telling anybody this. Um, so, uh, wink, wink, (laughs) we don't have any food in our house, you know? (laughs) Um, but yeah, like I think the other thing I found kind of interesting about it was like, um, all of a sudden people's sanitary habits have changed. You know, it's like, you didn't need hand sanitizer before like rubbing alcohol or any of these other things, but, um, all of a sudden, cause there's a disease out there you do. Um, and I mean, honestly, like you should have those things in your house <laughs> anyways. I can, maybe I guess you don't need them in such high supplies. Um, but, um, yeah, I think like soap and water is just a good thing to have around in general. So, um, if, yeah. Um, but my whole thought about it was kind of like, it's kind of like a savings account, um, when you're putting away food and water and, 
um, cleaning supplies and everything else. It's it's kind of kind of like a savings account. And it's really funny how the human brain works because it's so much easier for us to have that savings account when like we think our life is on the line, you know, or we think that like potentially if we went outside, it would be a public health issue if we don't necessarily think our life is on the line, but because people who, um, who have, you know, a respiratory distress or, um, who are, you know, over the age of 70 or, or more at risk. Um, and uh, I've just been thinking about this because like, it's kind of like that in general about everything, right? Like when, when you find out that you have, um, like diabetes or some sort of other illness where all of a sudden you need to like, actually, you need to take care of yourself and think about what you're eating. Um, or you hit some sort of financial crisis, right? Like all of a sudden, you know, times are tough. You lost your job, you blow through your emergency savings fund, and then, you know, you have a bunch of credit card debt. And now that's the time that you're going to like, you know, try to get your financial life together because it's an emergency. Um, and also emergencies cause things like what we've been seeing in the stock market, right? I mean, we've seen a good 10%, 10% down correction um, over the course of two weeks, which is really hard for people to stomach, especially because we haven't really seen a drop quite like this, I don't think, um, really since I guess I want to say like 2011 is really like the last time I can think of where we were like the market really took a sharp, steep fall very quickly. Um, and I think the other thing that we're sort of used to in these times is like, okay, well, market's decline, but you know, in like a couple months, it's over. Um, and this one might not be like that. This one might be a little bit more lasting. Um, and it's sort of like, how do you handle that? Right. Um, I don't really know. Right. <laughs> I was talking to, um, my, um, my financial planning associate, in my, um, in my financial planning practice about this. Um, and, one of the things we we always we always talk about is like how people they they ask me what I think about the markets or what I think about certain stocks or things like that and I my answer is always like if I knew don't you think I would tell you <laughs> if I knew like I wish I I wish I knew obviously like that would be so cool I would just you know like I would work maybe three days a year and maybe I wouldn't tell anybody maybe I'll keep all the secrets to myself so I can always generate income whenever I needed it. Um, but I don't know. Um, and I think that's the whole reason why I do what I do is because I don't know. Um, I think the thing about planning in general is that it takes a lot of uncertainty out of our lives um, when there's much uncertainty and uh, where you can't even really remove it. But because you have a plan in place and you have contingencies in place, then you feel a little bit more comfortable about what could happen. Um, that's the whole point of financial planning, I think. Um, and also really to make sure that you live your most best fulfilled life that you want to live and that you're spending time with the people that you love and that you want to spend time with and that you have the money to support that. That's the other side of financial planning. So there's the piece about taking out the uncertainty, but there's for sure the other side about living literally the most beautiful, precious life that you can possibly live. And I want both of those things for you. Um, I want both of those things for everybody in the world. Um, I would give it to everybody in the world if I could. And I would certainly give everyone in the world my stock tips if I had them. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have them. And I think the thing to really think back on or all of the times we've talked about asset liability matching, um, all of the times we've talked about really getting your asset allocation right, really getting your risk tolerance right, being diversified, all of these things are going to help you weather this kind of a storm. Um, and making sure that all of the other basic tenants of financial planning are in place, right? Like, 
getting your cash flow in order. Make sure you have income coming in if you can. Make sure if you, you know, to plan for times like these when maybe you can't go to work, that you do have an emergency savings fund. That's why that's one of the first things that we ever talk about in a financial planning setting is like, do you have six months worth of, you know, true expenses? Like, can you pay your rent or your mortgage? Um, can you put food on your table? You know, like, can can you pay insurance expenses if you have them, you know, for your home? Can you pay for all the basic things that you need in your life? Um, that are fixed or even variable expenses that you wouldn't that wouldn't necessarily go away just because your job uh, went away. And then you know all the other stuff, right? Like the trips to Japan or the <laughs> you know the new bicycle you bought because you like racing bikes or whatever it is that you like to do, right? All of that stuff that doesn't get included in your emergency fund. But it's really important that you have that good six months that you can rely on because. Um, really for times like these, right? Like imagine you are, you're not, you know, a normal W2 employee who works for a company. Um, imagine you're somebody, I don't know, let's say you live in Seattle right now and you clean homes for a living. I don't think that you're probably, I mean, you probably want to go out and continue to clean homes, right? Because that's where your livelihood comes from, but it's probably not in your best interest to be doing that. Um, and wouldn't it be nice if you had a little nest egg where you can say, you know what, like, I don't want to get coronavirus and I don't want to spread it around just because I have to make ends meet. Um, that's why you have an emergency fund. Maybe that's not a good example for whoever's listening to this, but it's just been on my mind quite a bit because yeah, there are a lot of people who can work from home for sure. And sure. Like we can, we can close down the schools. Um, and really the response that we need to have is probably what they did in China, because if we just all kind of stopped doing everything that we normally do for a while and we did sit in our homes and we did all quarantine ourselves, right, this would all go away and then we can all get back to normal. But that shock to the economy, right? Um, and also it's an election year, so there's no way <laughs> something like that is ever going to happen, which is crazy to me when you think about it, because it's like, okay, like people's lives are on the line, but you know, I, I need to get reelected or, you know, I want to get elected, um, this year in 2020. So, you know, God forbid we actually did anything to save the elderly. <laughs> We're probably voting for you. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't want to get political on this anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I was just thinking about this a lot because I've been getting these questions and I've been getting the question of like, is now the right time to be buying into the market? And, um, my answer is the same as always the right time to buy, um, to buy is when you have money to invest and the right time to sell is when you need to sell because you, you, you are going to go put that money towards the goal that you've been saving for. Um, and a great example for this is right. Like your kid's school. Um, and I talk to people about their kid's school all the time and, and right, we create a savings plan. Um, and generally it's a monthly savings plan because you get paid on a monthly basis. So it's just easier to set money aside, but let's say you got a little windfall. Um, I don't know, great aunt Irma passed away and she left you $15,000. Great aunt Irma passed away. Great. She gave you $15,000, put that $15,000 to work because you have this goal to send your kid to school. Should I wait? is always the question I get. Should I, well, should I wait, you know, a month? Should I wait two months? Should I dollar cost average in? Should I only invest $1,000 a month for the next 15 months? And the question, like the answer is like, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had a crystal ball. I would totally tell you what you should do. No, the right time to do it is now because, you know, you can also miss out just because you might lose money. You might also miss out. Um, and the thing about it also is that if you get that asset allocation, right, that thing that we've been talking about all this time on all of the investing episodes if you get your risk tolerance right and you get your asset allocation right, then you can ride out any market experience, really any market experience, and you can invest at any single time that you want. Um, obviously, if something like significantly changes in your life, then you need to make changes to that asset allocation. Um, but hopefully, when something significantly changes in your life, there, you've 
put enough padding around the edges of your asset allocation that you're able to make those changes and you don't have to like, you know, completely sell everything. So something I like to think about is like, people have extremely high risk tolerances. They want to be always 100% equity or something like that. And that might not necessarily be in your best interest because something significant could change in your life. And it might actually be better to have like, you know, even be 90, 10 stock bond for that sort of a situation where you at least have that 10% that can kind of hold you over while you're, you know, reallocating and rethinking about what you need to be doing. Um, that's a, that's something that we typically do. Or like, um, I've had like clients who ended up with large tax bills. Um, and so even though they have really, they have a really aggressive risk tolerances and things like that, it really helped actually to have a little bit of cash buffer, um, or bonds as cash buffer to then be able to pay for taxes. And then obviously we would replenish it later. Um, so those are just the things that are on my mind. I mean, I guess this is kind of a short podcast. <laughs> That's all I'm going to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also, um, I kind of wanted to tie in planning too, because the planning part is really important. Um, and now more than ever, I mean, if you could, if you see what's going on and you realize like, Hey, maybe I do need more of a plan. Um, and not necessarily because you feel like, um, coronavirus is something that's going to significantly affect you or your family, but just because you can see how something literally our lives were totally different, you know, in January of this year versus what they look like now. Um, and it's something that kind of shocked me a little bit because I mean, we moved to Texas in January, um, and I moved to Texas under the assumption that I can literally go to New York or Seattle at any time to see my family. Um, I can, you know, I could even just like drop everything for a weekend and go because it's only a four hour flight in either direction and you know, whatever, it's just a four hour flight and, and I can just see my family and I can hug and kiss them and tell them how much I love them. Um, and then, right. Like now I can't do that. <laughs> um, and now I definitely, I don't want to do that actually, because I mean, it's kind of like yucky up in Seattle, especially, um, <laughs> sorry, everyone in Seattle, but yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of my thought, right. Is like, if that was in my plan, that was a major part of my plan. Um, and it is, it's a major part of my plan to always make sure that I have, I have the wherewithal to be able to go visit and see my family. And cause I'm overly attached to my family. Right. Um, that is a huge part of my plan. And we set aside the money for that, but now we're not going to use that money. But now what I need, what I'm realizing I need to do is carve out more time to spend with my family, even if it just means like some FaceTime calls or some, you know, some extra FaceTime calls or just some extra like five minutes of, you know, caring love on the phone to just show them that I love them. Right. So those actually are cheaper <laughs> than what the original thing we were going to do is. So that's kind of nice on the monetary front, but on like the heart side, right. It doesn't really fill my heart the way that it would if I was able to take those trips. Um, and I know that that not, may not necessarily be a great example if you are, you know, in financial strain and you're thinking about all the other things that you need to do. Um, but all of that needs to come into play when you're thinking about your plan. Um, and you need to know whether or not, like, if for whatever reason, X thing that you wanted isn't going to pan out, do you still want to let's say move to Texas. If you could never see your family, you know, if you couldn't see your family for an entire year, would you still want to move to Texas? Um, <laughs> I actually, am really glad that nobody asked me that question. Cause I might've been like, mm, 
I'm not sure about that. Um, when in fact I do really like it here. So <laughs> maybe it is a good thing. And my, um, my son, like he's been calling our house new house, which is like super cute. Um, like he asked to go to new house and stuff. Um, even though we've been living here for two months. So, um, which really warms my heart. Um, and I'm really enjoying building my new life here, but I also am recognizing that some of the things that were really important to me previously aren't necessarily what's happening here now, especially in light of coronavirus. So I guess I just, um, I'm throwing all that out there so that you can really think about how you want to set up your financial life. Um, and really, I, I would encourage you to listen to episode 33 again. I think it was 33. Oh my gosh, now I'm losing my mind where we talked about Kinder's questions. Um, <laughs> I hope it was 33 because that's what I'm referencing right now. Um, but no, it wasn't 33. Sorry, it was 32. I would go back to listen to episode 32 um, where you, where we talked about Kinder's three questions so that you can really sit down and think about the life that you want to live and whether or not the one that you're living right now really matches up to the one that you really want to have. Um, and then think about all the things that could potentially derail it. And then say, you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> um, I think that's kind of like the best the best part about doing that work is like when you can really overcome all the obstacles, um, and find another way, find a way to really fill your heart, fill your cup, make your life the top. Um, all right. So I actually will, since this episode was so late, um, it won't be two weeks before you get, um, episode 35, which was usually, which used to be episode 34. I will get that episode out, um, next week. And, um, I appreciate everybody for waiting around for this podcast and for the great feedback I've gotten on it. And I will talk to y'all soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. 